It's um to um 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 we um 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 to um 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 Welcome back to another edition of the Parapin Podcast, the World Cup Nines edition. Uh, here with me is Bertie. Hey, how's it going? 40. Hey, fellas. And Ham. Yep. And so two days of action, uh, crowned with the women's, the New Zealand Kiwi Ferns taking out, and then for the men's, uh, the Australian uh, Kangaroos taking out. Um, so great competition, but unfortunate just to, to start us off with the injuries. So... Um, it'll see Waka Blake. He seems to have done uh, shoulder subluxion. Is that what they said? Which yeah, like a, a like a dislocation. Partially or totally yeah. dislocated shoulder. Um, so we're still waiting on scans to figure out what's happening. Was there. that? But from what I understand, it was the same shoulder. Yeah, as the recurrence. Last. Yeah. Um, so unfortunate on that front. And then there was the Nathan Brown high ankle sprain slash syndesmosis uh, injury, which again still waiting on scans. And then the one that I don't think was correct, um, but was, you know, probably dickhead coach, uh, Madge McGuire's reasoning, uh, Nathan Brown, uh, sorry, Dylan Brown, uh, apparently uh, tweak back issues or, you know, ongoing back issues. Although but Dylan's commentary on social media would, would suggest otherwise. He seemed pretty disappointed to miss out on um, yeah. everything but the first game that he played. Uh, and a, <laughs> we'll get into on, that. On, on Nathan Brown, I thought, maybe I'm mistaken my recollection here, but I think NRL Physio had a quick look at it on Twitter and he said that it looked like on the smaller side or the, the better side of the syndesmosis scale. Like I think yeah, grade, grade, grade one, one or grade two. two. He yeah. had it, which is four to eight weeks, yeah. eight weeks being the top of grade two. So he'll be back sort of post-Christmas. And we'll just have to wait for Waka Blake to get some confirmation on that. Uh, but fingers crossed, it's not bad. But to be honest, from the video, it didn't look good. All right, well, let's jump into the competition. So, um, worst performing team or who didn't live up to expectations. I'll start off uh, with uh, the Fijians. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and a big part of that is you've got, you know, the main man, the one time you pass it to him, he scores a try. They didn't even um, pass it to him. He, he, scooped, pass, he scooped up the Aaron offload, drop ball, and raced 70 metres and scored, yeah. Uh, sorry, and other than that, he was uh, very quiet for the rest of the tournament, and Fiji as a whole didn't win a game. Um, a team that I tipped to come out of that pool, and they just massively underperformed. Yeah, they looked they, the final. They look like a team that hadn't even trained together. Um, you know, Kikau was trying to be a hero for the entire tournament. Uh, I know that Ham was quite frustrated. <laughs> uh, the cra- I was there. The crowd was frustrated. Whenever Sivo got the ball, everyone just got up. Because they, they saw that first run, they knew something was going to happen, and so if the crowd, you know, if the average person can see it, how are these footballers, you know, I know, I know it is nines, and there's a few, couple of um, local Fijians in there, but kick out, he's supposed to be, he was touted by the great mind, footballing mind, Gus Gould, he could play in the halves if he wanted to, according to Gus Gould. Um, <laughs> Well, not if you run like, not if you run and pass like that, or you know, dummy to pass. Seriously, you, you see the size of him, and he's quick. He's a cat. He's soft. <laughs> there's a little bit of T Rex. There's a little bit of T Rex really in there, isn't there? Like 
Yeah, um, oh, if he just puts his head, you know, down and runs hard, he's so devastating and hard to stop. But you know, he had a little bit of success as the off playmaker at Penrith, and then it sort of gets into his head, and now he wants to be the primary playmaker in the open format, and it, it just didn't work for Fiji. Uh, but Fiji had a lot of problems too. Just they, you know, fell off a lot of tackles, uh, were were terrible from their uh, catching and, and possession rates. Uh, so they just, you know, completely flamed out. Um, yeah, it was really, I mean, really, was there a team that even came close as far as disappointment? Because there was a couple of, like, surprise teams. But um, Well, I think the second would have to be Tonga, um, especially in that opening night performance against Cook Islands. Blown off the park 30 to nil. Well, By got, the uh, Cook Island. Well, well let, let's be fair. It remains power. to be seen if any other any other country had a chance if Brad Takarangi hadn't attended Nathan Pizza's wedding. If, if the yeah. Cook Islands had access to the Cook Island control tower on day two of the nines, then the control that... Control tower, yep. They would have, they would have been, you know, been shaking the roots of the world right there. But um, they were really good. The Cook Islands, they they showed plenty of ticker, played hard. Um, well, that's the thing. I I, I want to go back to kick out for a second. <laughs> but you saw those guys. Like he's a professional footballer, Paul Ulberg, I think it was, was his name. Anthony Gelling. You know, these guys are, are basically nobodies, and they ran hard. And because you know what, in the nines, there's more opportunity for one-on-one tackles. If you're a big, if you're, you know, big bustling forward and you've got a bit of speed, you're going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities and just bust through tackles. Nathan Brown did it. Yeah. Fafita did it, except for when he was up against Dylan Brown. <laughs> like, seriously, it, it, people talk about, you know, the nines and Australia played it very well, um, having a lot of halves and fullbacks in their team. Also, I think Meninga did very well to constantly... Uh, interchange plays with the uh, unlimited interchange. Yeah, he, we did that very aggressively in in the right way. But but you saw like, you know, if you've got a, a Fafita or someone, just run hard. Well, you got to run over the top of players, the, and then you get a you get a, a generally a quick play of the ball, and then you saw the speed he got. Reese Robinson had a fantastic tournament. I thought, you know, I said to you guys that he's probably one of the most underrated nines players. Mm. Um, he, he, was he was made. He was made for that format. Yeah, made for the yeah, format. Yeah, like. But like, you as know, you're sort of alluding to, the, those moments in the nines where you're talking about those one on ones with the forwards, that is the very definition of who wants it more. And like, and someone that just is hungrier and more aggressive is going to win every time. And that's what we saw some of the smaller teams uh, with the Lebanese in their upsets and with the Cook Islands in their upsets, um, and even to an extent the Samoans who were very good in that tournament. They just wanted it more when it came to to the big moments, and that's why they got those upset wins and and got deeper into the tournament. And then the overachievers, um, Lebanon Cedars taking down Great Britain. Uh, what cheaters? What, what the, the, the competitive advantage that they got from cheating was huge. So, you know, you have to scratch that win off the record books. Clearly, those um yes, SG those yeah. SG ball players that they were using. Well, it's an indictment on the international yeah, rugby league on the, on the organisation of the tournament. Return yeah, what they've because in the in the lead up there was puff pieces about these seventeen year olds playing yeah. their HS uh, sorry doing their HSC on the fr- uh, Thursday and then playing on the Friday and no one figured to go. Hang on, did they hand in their because they were eligible to play if they had parental permission. Is that correct? That, I heard it was unless they were eighteen, they didn't. Oh, have. That, that's what I initially thought. But then I, I thought I read something about parental permission uh, with the international rules uh, is an is an out clause there. Whereas with the NRL, they cannot play at all, uh, but because it falls under R R O I F rules, 
Um, I thought there was that, but if if that's the case, you know, they didn't bring in their permission slips. <laughs> yep, didn't yeah, sign. I didn't did that a couple times at school too. I can understand. I should have just forged mum and dad's signatures. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, that 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 was the whole thing was a debacle in that regard. The fact that you had all these puff pieces, like you said, Hamish, and then no one in on both sides. To be fair, but then again, the Lebanese team probably don't have the usual uh, sort of official channels that they have available, given the fallout between players and, and the board there, but uh, you would have thought someone at the tournament would have said, hey, you got some young kids there, they're all good to play, you know, have they done the right stuff here? But nope, so we had the day two drama there, Lebanon um, were, they weren't disqualified initially, but then after the tournament they were disqualified, right? Uh, they took the win against France off the board. Yeah, there you go. But we all know that win was because of JP Noah anyway, so. <laughs> Chabelle scored exactly. a try in the last game. He did too. He had a, he had a, had a you know, that, you know, for twenties players and in a, in a Lebanese team that you know lacked any real star power, they were all right. Yeah, exactly. But you could tell they were under twenties players compared to the rest of the comp there. Yep. And uh, uh, then, then after that, you'd have to say the uh, Samoa team uh, outperformed what was expected of them, uh, making it to the uh, grand final qualifier. A um, couple of players to stand out from there. That that uh, halfback from um, Penrith. Yeah, Luai, I, hate, yeah, it's I hate, hate to give credit to a Penrith player, but Luai was good for that tournament. He's another player that sort of thrives in this format, though. Um, you know, primarily primarily a ball runner, a lot of second phase play as well, um, and he did a good job. But even like, even he, he ran hard. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's 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 not that dissimilar. You know, there's only four less players on the field. It's not dissimilar to a. a Rugby league, like a 13-a-side game. If you run hard, and you th- we saw it with Mitchell Moses scoring his try in yeah. the uh, grand final. Where he split, he split there the wasn't much of a defense. gap, but he ran hard at it. And he, he, in his mind, he was going, I'm going to run through them. He said, I know Dil- uh, Big Dick Dill Brown isn't there. And it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's his face Cody, from the, the Warriors now? Nicarima. Nicarima. Yeah. And I think I said it in the Discord today, but um, that's one of the big disappointments of the tournament is Dill Brown plays the first night. You know, he doesn't have his best game, doesn't have the worst game out there. But then uh, typical Madge Maguire uh, gets the old boys together um, to play the rest of the games. And Nicarima was absolutely terrible for the whole competition. And you're like, well, you've got a young bloke there that can light it up if you give him the right... um, uh, Give him ball. Exactly, give him some ball, and 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 of course, Sean Johnson is great in this format. We all know that. Um, but oh, I think he I absolutely is. Sport, but I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust Madge's uh, <laughs> coaching credentials because he is a man that decided to go and coach the West Tigers. So. John, Johnson is still yeah. great in this format, but gee, the, that I thought the weekend highlighted how much pace he's lost after the, all the injuries that taken toll. There, there were moments where he would have just cut through and gone sixty or seventy meters comfortably, and instead he was sort of just like waving, waiting for support to get there. So as, as good as he still is in the format, it's such a shame that the injuries are caught up to him. And I thought it was apparent too in the NRL season, to be fair. He doesn't look anywhere near as explosive as he once was. But yeah, he um, he still showed he's got the touch. And then let's get to uh, the team of the tournament, the Kangaroos taking it out. Uh, Nathan Brown, Gutho, and of course the player of the tournament, Mitch Moses, uh, taking out that uh, inaugural uh, player of the tournament. Uh, how many tries did he end up putting on? Uh, four. F- four tries. He scored four and he set up four. 
And um, that the try for mine, the, the one that I like the best, was where he got on the outside of the USA player and just almost got away, got horse-collared, and as he's going out into touch, throws a ball straight onto Nathan Brown's <laughs> chest and bang, under the sticks. He could do no wrong. Exactly. Could do no wrong. And that in that in that game as well, he put this kick on um, outside as well, which went straight to Kyle Felt, who put it down on the chest. Yeah, he, he had the ball on a string the whole tournament. He's the king of Bankwest Stadium. Uh, sorry, Gutho, but um, we're talking truths here. And the, the boys were, and to be fair, the boys were anointing Maker as the, the king of Bankwest before that as well. So we've got a fair few role players um, when it comes to the, the Western Sydney now. And Moses was the only player to do the twenty forty, wasn't he? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, as, as correct. As uh, Brayford so eloquently put it, that um, we knew it was going to be someone. So, oh, that that that, that <laughs> when when Moses Bray. kicked it, that was that was his commentary. He said, "Yeah, we knew it was going to be someone." It's like, thanks, Bray. Oh, can can I can I just say something really really quietly here? I was sitting just a, a few meters away from the Fox Sports tent there. Um. When they're setting up and everything, none of them watch the game. They've got a telly in front of them, but they're all either on their phone or <laughs> writing notes or so. <laughs> there you Fox go. hit me up because I don't know much about the game either. I think I could do a, a reasonable job there. I- yeah, all I have to say, we were um, – because I went on the Friday night but stayed home on Saturday and after the – Bar tab on um, Friday night that <laughs> <laughs> proved itself to be a smart decision, um, but we were all cheering for for Miss One H Hollis to uh, to take uh, the jacket off again. Um, if, if you missed that, we're, 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 we're actually chanting "jacket off." Jacket. I was, I was, because <laughs> she did. She was without a jacket for one of those uh, in between the games, and um, you know it, it was deer in headlights sort of stuff. Except the headlights were. Um, yeah, full beam on field, full beam. Uh, it's rather <laughs> enjoyable, but the Friday night, no, I, the stadium was quite empty, unfortunately. And, and it comes an indictment on the uh, I know it's rugby league international that are the ones that are setting it up, but the NRL should have promoted it a lot better as there, well. There were so many things to was, be critical of it. I didn't like the scheduling time, I didn't like the Friday into a Saturday instead of Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it was poorly advertised, even though, like you know, on NRL.com, it was you know, heavily pushed, but that's only one small part of the you know, whole exposure pie. So, post season two, yeah, yeah, and it, it's been a long, like a long post season as well. It's, and I think part of the reason why, and I know that the Auckland Lions sort of tapered off a little bit towards the end, and um, we'll probably get later towards the fact that they're sort of coming back, but somewhere else. But, uh, I think at the end of the preseason is a much better time to stoke interest fans, and also the fact that it's worlds are not clubs. Uh, I think fans are more partial to get out and see the young player from their club rather than you know a lot of the even though they did really well a lot of the no names from um, some of the smaller countries. Well, it always seems to me that like uh, I haven't been to a, a club like a, a Magic Round or a Nines or whatever, but it seems to me when there's international, um, a lot more of the Pacific Islanders. Uh, nation supporters get out there like That's there's right. a lot of Tongan fans, Samoan mm-hmm. fan, Papua New Guinean fans. Oh, that they seem to get out more than uh, I suppose your, your Australian fans. Oh, well, I, I think I, that's I had, absolutely no, fair. Where we were sitting, um, Cook Island fans. There were three of them, and yeah. they were just going ballistic. And uh, they had a group of Samoans just across from them as well, uh, who were going ballistic as well when Tonga got thirty put on them. So. <laughs> 
it was quite enjoyable being there. We had a we had a group of blokes behind us who were Australians that we were getting into a bit of banter with, which was fun. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't say too much more because I got absolutely blottoed. But uh, <laughs> it was lots of fun, enjoyable. Um, On a being there, I thought both days were really fun. There was a bit of a lull um, in in the quality of game, sort of mid afternoon, early dinner. Um, that was a bit, you know. And then I thought the uh, the timing between the women's final and the men's yes. final, there was a a band who don't get me wrong, were really fun and they really hyped up the crowd. But I think there was a lull in the games, and I, you know, this is me putting my event organizer hat on, which I've never done in my <laughs> life. Um, but put that band on four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, there was a few more people there. We would have got the, you know, a, a break of the monotony of football game, football game, football game. You put them on in between sort of. So when all teams had played, you put them on then, you let whoever rest up. Don't put Dragon on. Dragon with a band. And, you know, Dragon in the 80s, yeah, fair enough, get Dragon. But it's 2019. No, no, Nobody there wanted to listen to Dragon. Like so, get get the get the party band playing a few covers of um, that feeling, you know. Ole, ole. They played that one. <laughs> um, they played a couple of other ones and got the crowd energised. But I thought it was just the, the wrong time to do that. Yeah, and um, one of the good things that I saw from the Friday night was the the use of uh, the reusable cups. So, yes, big fan of that. Yeah, so I've got. Uh, I think I posted on the Discord. Yeah, I was about to say a certain a certain <laughs> podcast had a pretty impressive um, uh, cup snake going, <laughs> and 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 that wasn't all of them because you had to um, when 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 you when you went to go get a refill, if you took back your old four clubs, you'd get uh, money taken off your next. Oh, nice! Good initiative. So, um, yeah, it was fantastic. And um, oh, what did we do? Yeah, so so we were meant to catch the train at four o'clock in the afternoon, and then one of my mates uh, texted me at three thirty. Oh, I'm not going to be there till five, so I missed the first game, which was it was at Lebanon and uh, France. France, the one that Birdie watched. The only game I watched. He's alive. So you can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so in any event, we started sinking beers back at my place, and I think I was about six deep before I jumped on the train, and then we stopped at um, what's that place on the way down there? The Crown, Crown Hotel is that one on um the main strip there on uh, Paramount? I wouldn't it's be able to half, Yeah, it's about halfway down where all the food joints are. Because there's um, there's the um the what's it called the beer house in the old church. And then, no, that's yeah. not there anymore. No, I'm Is, did they go? Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Bavarian didn't do a great trade. <laughs> Damn. Um, but in any event, yeah, a lot of beer was drunk that night. <laughs> and and I've probably got a better recollection of the games than you, Bertie. <laughs> you remember the rest of the games that night? Uh, well, I get, okay, so, so I watched the first game and I thought it was boring because I had tipped French to do well because I, I just assumed you know, the French do all right in the rugby nines. I just thought, you know, this is the time to shine. They'll take it seriously. And then I realized the women's game was more entertaining than that, you know? Like, it was a, it was, it was a weird, like, it didn't get my attention from the get-go, maybe because, as I said, it's like rugby nines international, like, but, um, yeah, that's the only two games I watched. I watched, you know, the, obviously the final diehard Australian fan. But um, other than that, um, I'm disappointed. I thought the French would do well. I legitimately thought they would uh, surprise a lot of people, you know, and 
I, I think I tipped the Fiji in France final. Shows what I'm <laughs> in. But um, other than that, oh, just what you said earlier about David Fafita, man, I just think this guy's up. Like, he's only eight, 19, 18. Like, wait till he 40, he's like fully developed. Like, he could be anything, you know. And, and no, not many teams build around like certain uh, forwards, but, bro, we, you know, if we could sign him, you know, I'd, I think that'd be the best signing the club's made. <laughs> I know it's a big, uh, um, big call, but he's a special talent. Are we going to talk about that? About the potential of signing for Fida? Yeah, well, let's just go into that. So this week it's uh, been rumoured that BA has met with um, Ryan Madison. Um, and then there's also uh, the latest I saw is that Souths are going to offload Sam Burgess, get that all taken off the cap like they did with Craig Inglis and throw cash at David Fafita. We're also linked to David Fafita. And there was one other club, was I can't remember who the other one was. To Fafita? It's probably the Roosters. Probably. Probably. The Roosters. probably. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who could have been linked. Yeah, probably the Roosters. Because um, Madison's been linked to South Sydney as well recently. Wasn't it the Gold Coast because Malman said he- Oh, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Gold Coast is a good oh, shout out there. Oh. And the comp, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, let's, yeah, let's not. I'll get too mad because that's very, yeah, the NRL should be looking at that. I know it's it's probably a throwaway comment by um, Meninga there, but to say that you'd give him... Uh, you'd play him and give him captaincy of Australia if he signs for the Titans. Yeah, that's what's what. What do you call that in politics? Um, called, uh, what's it called when you're abusing power? Yeah, there's a specific word for it. But anyway, yeah, that's you, you can't have that happening. I know that's what the Titans probably signed Meninga to a, a, a role such as culture development officer or whatever it is. That's such a BS role, like. And seriously, well, just getting onto the Titans, what a bunch of cucks. Look what they have done to our poor man, Birdie. Actual Luke. The Birdie. other Birdie, that's oh. right. That, that, yeah. What a, dis- what a distasteful, uh, yeah. Yeah. On, yeah top of, on top of being cowards and letting the, um, the dirty TFH, TFH pricks back after the stunt they pulled with the Ryan James uh, welcome to the traditional uh, welcome and greeting to the land fan. And the reporting of the the apparent uh, uh, there was some sort of uh, litigation going between was it one of the board members or, or one of the owners and a um, and uh, an employee who is he, he was trying to invite her to threesomes and stuff yes, and was having yes, sex was... in a in a hotel room while she was just across from it yeah gross, gross. yeah I saw, I, I didn't realize what TFHI was for until I was down at um. Marrickville Community Fair or whatever it was on Sunday, and they had Portaloos there, and I really needed to go, but I held it because fuck them. I'm not even going to use their product. Even. Wouldn't even shit on him. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't even shit on him. <laughs> but yeah, but getting back to Hamish's initial point, uh, and unfortunately, you said a lot of these these um, subpar franchises they say one thing to to staff members and they do the opposite. So. Was it Luke Burt was promised he'd be stuck uh, hanging around as an assistant coach, and now they've moved him to they're attempting to move him to corporate in a, a means of um, somehow getting him out of his contract and getting out of guaranteed money and whatnot. So, and that's the thing. Like, if you know you, your assistant coaches would know that with with a new head coach coming in, their job is on the line. 
surely there's a, an agreement there. If that the new coach doesn't want them, their contract has to be bought out. You know, I'm, I'm, I might be saying this only because it's Lukey Burt, but you can't you can't do that to someone who's just changed their role mid contract without them agreeing to it. No, I think I think it's definitely an issue that the. I don't know if the integrity unit would look into it, um, but the, some official channel within the NRL should definitely be um, uh, backing it. I don't know if the coaches have a, a union because obviously there's the RLPA for the players. Um, well, but, maybe they could be. Are they part of that? Or oh no, I suppose they wouldn't be, no. would they? They they need they should have some sort of representation somewhere. I hope because this is absolutely a union matter for Bertie, um, as far as you know, doing the right thing by him and and what he was promised and what his contract stipulates. So. I mean, if he if he ends up getting resold, I'd absolutely have him back at Parramatta. I thought he was a an inventive attacking coach, a little bit similar to Jason Taylor in that regard. He was um you know sort of managed the game very well in that regard. I don't know how he if he's got Jason Taylor's issues as a head coach, but um, that's you know remains to be seen because he hasn't had a chance. But I really liked what Bertie was doing with our twenties, and then the Titans poached him. So if he comes home, that's great. Yeah, because surely the coach. Because the coach hires his assistant coach, right? So surely the club have should have their contracts tied into each other, essentially. You know, like, like their tenure should be the same. Like that's that should be like yeah. the most. Wasn't it? Like, but didn't they? Didn't um? Was it Neil Henry? Who was the Titans coach? I don't even remember. That's how insignificant they are to me. Brandon, wasn't it? Brennan, Garth, Garth Brennan, yeah, Garth Brennan. Brennan. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly, Bertie. You think that? Yeah, it's it's a weird situation. I suppose it all depends on. I don't know anything about contract law, or I only know about bird law. <laughs> yep, uh, but I think in bird law that would be known as a dick move. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. You don't do that in bird uh, law. Just what a what a shit franchise. I, every every sport keeps trying to get an, into the Gold Coast, and it's just a, a black hole for it's success. Not- okay, let's move from shooting on the Titans. Um, right edge forward. So it seems like a. Ryan Madison seems to be in the play. Um, big reason for it being that uh, he's well now being given permission to look around, and and that he'll be able to come next season. So for twenty twenty, as opposed to a David Fafida who's still on contract next year. Um, but I know how people are able to wiggle out of that. But then you might be left in the Crichton Roosters scenario where he's sitting at South for a whole year whilst he's been signed for the Roosters for a year. So. <clears throat> The smart play is Madison, and you've got him right now for next year when we have that obvious need for Mau. But if you're swinging for the fences, you definitely go David for feeder. Yeah, I, th- um, I was saying to forty before. I was saying just before the podcast. You know, if for feeder, if if we want to go for it, if we want to go for the moonshot, he's the one because we've, you know, I, I said it last week. Moses on seven hundred and fifty grand. Um, Gutherson on whatever. Reed will be on three hundred thousand or so. Still, you'd expect to be around four hundred, probably four fifty. Um, so you know our spine's young, and they're all they'll all be locked up for potentially unders if they continue to play the way they are. So you've got that money to play around with, and if if you're going to go for someone, Fafita's the the player. He's nineteen years old. He's played for Queensland. He's going to play for Australia. It's it's not it's not a. a, a he's a, captain of the junior ruse this year. He's captain of the junior ruse. So, you know, uh, and there's some top players in that junior kangaroos team. So for him to get the captaincy there, headlined by Reed Ma, Marnie. 
Absolutely. So, you know, if he's got more captains, oh, that's Mal Meninga picking that again. So, although Reed's a Queenslander but doesn't play for a Queensland team, so <laughs> that probably has something to do with that. Um, but, you know, he's got he's got all the skills. He, he does have more to develop in his game because as, you know, teams get more tape on him and, and what have you, uh, his, his power running game won't be as as uh, efficient, I suppose. So he probably will need to develop that pass and offload in there. But for a 19-year-old to be getting the accolades and achievements that he's hitting, he, he, he's, he should be a special one. Well, who will be a bigger... Who do you reckon, who do you reckon has the biggest ceiling, him or Payne Haas? I think Haas is the, the, the better player in a more important position, but that's not a knock on... On David Favita. No, not at not at all. I'd say Haas just because you know he's going to be an eighty-minute prop, so rare. Turning out yeah, two hundred meters, that's a unicorn tackles yeah. a game. Like, yeah, that's that ridiculous. Rugby league unicorn, right there. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the talk. There's is there any other rumor? There's there's deals apparently being done with. Uh, it's an upgrade to Dill Brown, an upgrade to Sivo. And wasn't there a rumor of an upgrade to Sean Lane? Ryder well? and Sean Lane as well. So I was surprised to see Sean Lane's name in there because... Well, I think the Sean Lane move might be what the West Tigers should have done with Madison is give him a small upgrade in line with his performances this year and he won't go elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Like, you see Sean Lane, he's, well, we, work, we, we worked out he's on 350, isn't it? That's... Yeah, yeah I, I think that's so, what the... Yes. Yeah, Manly weren't willing to pay that much. Yeah, and so we saw him this year, you know, with his combination with Dill on that left edge. If, you know, he's he's a $500,000 player probably, but you don't give him that just yet. You, you upgrade him a little bit, and then you say if you hit these, you know, if you get these achievements next year or the year after, then, you know, you know, you give you give him just that little bit more, and then what you take away from that is a bit of, uh, loyalty to the team, a little bit of loyalty to the club. Um, so when the next time his contract comes around, he goes, "Well, I was only on three fifty, but they gave me four twenty five for that for the next two years. They didn't need to do that. So, you know, if I'll sign for a similar amount, or I'll sign with them again. So, you know, that's the way you hope it works out. And um, that's about it for the off-season now. Now we've got the, the junior roos and the senior roos playing this. And then there's a couple of other little tests, isn't there, coming up. But I don't think we'll really cover them in much depth because who's it? Reed Marnie's really the only one paying this week from... Um, it, one, one little thing that I'm not upset by, but it was disappointing, was that Moses wasn't caught until an extended Australian squad after his success at the Nines. What's with Queenslanders and picking like we said it before with Nick Karima? What's with ex Queensland Brisbane halves getting shots at dummy half, even though they're already shit at halfback? Yeah, Ben Hunt. Like seriously, what we were at the pub uh, watching the final, and we were all yelling hook bloody Hunt and hook DCE. They were trying to lose that much for us on um, in yeah. the nines. DC is a very good club half, and I, I think he's probably top two halves in the game. At the especially next year with Cronk retiring, he's possibly the best ha- club half. But as a representative half, and especially in the nines, oh come on, his his game doesn't suit the nines. 
And then you got, I, I just don't understand how Ben Hunt is constantly picked in rep teams. What has he ever shown except for like 10 games? What is, I don't understand the obsession with Queenslanders picking and like, they all apologize for him. I don't understand yeah, especially it. Especially in the face of uh, rugby league being dead in Queensland after the last two <laughs> years of um, getting trounced. Uh, but yeah, we digress. Um, all right, well, let's wrap it up there. I know we haven't gone for that long, but, you know, there's not really too much to cover. No. Um, once we come back, oh, except the last thing is the NRL Club Nines uh, announced for 14 and 15 February next year. Um, so make your plans now. Uh, get out of your uh, Valentine Day's plans. Um, oh, they don't to, exist. Up to all my, all my potential girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, you'll have, to, you'll have to tell your... Um, your uh, Tinder dates. Tinder, yeah. Well, Parramatta are going to be, I wouldn't say odds-on favourites, but they must be early, one of the early favourites, right? We've yeah, I was just thinking that when I saw the news. Traditionally been very strong at the format, and I think we're potentially feeling one of our best rosters for it looking at next year because Gufferson is obviously very good at the format uh, with just his you know relentless uh, ability to play and back up. Um, Jamin Salmon. Moses. Yeah, Mitch Moses, Jamin Salmon. Uh, we'll probably, probably won't play Jennings, I'd say, but maybe. But um, even or someone, Mike Sivan would actually Mike Sivan would actually Mike get in the Sivan. ball. Will Smith would be pretty good in the format. Blake uh, Ferguson, Blake Ferguson, Dylan Brown, Ethan Parry, and Hayes Dunster, along with Wonga Blake. And then we need to f- field a forward pack. <laughs> well, we well we've got some jobs. some bloke called Nathan Brown that went okay. Oh, well, that's <laughs> forgot about him. Sean Lane, even play a junior, even though he's a bigger boy, you yeah. can be interchanging him quickly, and, can, and we've seen him pass. Yeah, can pass. Yep, Sean Lane <laughs> would be very good too for that. I think um, just because of his ability to use his length and frame. So, but not to forget, it's going to be played in Perth, and that's in February. So uh, it's going to be a million degrees. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we don't uh, stress out anybody, especially heat stress. Um, tell, during the time. tell you what we need to do, and here's his little tip for BA and Mark O'Neill and the future CEO. Last time we won the nines was when we had Cameron King. So I think we need <laughs> to <laughs> Please. Please. All right, well, let's wrap up that chat there and we'll get into off-season stuff, Birdie. Oh, yeah, so, so how about them Cowboys, eh? What's, nah, in all seriousness, um, I don't Up and down I, like a fiddler's elbow. <laughs> uh, just, of course, you know, we lose to the Jets where we had no half out to me out and we get embarrassed today. Like, you know, was, uh, this is the only, I made a status tweet, like, as a Cowboys fan right now, um, that's the only the Giants, they've got nothing. The Redskins, you know, they've got nothing. So, yeah, if you don't so, win the NFC, if you don't win the NFC East, that'd be pretty embarrassing. Well, see, the problem is no one's won one back to back since '04. No, so. it's it's the most volatile division in NFL. I know. But um, in terms of like, look, they're they're like us, right? They've got a beast. Defensive line, we've got an okay defensive line. It's just they got the better QB. I believe they got the better QB to throwing, but. It's so um, nice I'm just so glad we took care of business at home. And yeah, um, other than that, NBA starts tomorrow. First game. Rips on Williamson. Toronto, oh, I've got to pick an NBA team. <laughs> yeah, well, no, stage a walkout. <laughs> are the are the um, Tropics still in it? No, it, it's the NBA <laughs> China. Michigan Tropics. The Tropics, well, you know. Well, we um, need the poos. From, you, you'd be going for the Pistons if that's the case. 
No, no, no. The tropics are from Detroit. Yeah, are they? Yeah, that's yeah. Jackie Moon. Yeah, Detroit Pistons are the actual NBA team no, that took I don't, over. I don't, well, they're they're the local rival. <laughs> well, um, Zion, the number one draft pick, the, the best, torn meniscus best, um, player with potential since LeBron. He's out for about eight weeks. He looked really good in the preseason. Though. He did some awesome things. Yeah, so um, it's unfortunate because a lot of the Pelicans games they're going to get televised because of him, but he's going to be missing a third of the season. Almost half. Wait, they have Joe... team called the Pelicans. Yeah, New Orleans. Of Australian, of Australian note with the NBA, Joe Ingles got a nice little $14 million extension for one Bloody year. The Pelicans? Oh, that's the best. They got the Wizards as well. Nah, that doesn't interest me. Pelicans, though. That's yeah. what I call like drop kicks, you bloody Pelican. <laughs> so, I might go for them. <laughs> the, I'm, 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 I'm on the Pelicans uh, bandwagon. Well, they pa- play like a bunch of Pelicans, so... Oh. Good. I can watch them and call them pelicans. They'll be factually correct. <laughs> All right, and you, you're almost done, Bertie. Yeah. That's How'd your soccer team go? Oh, Tottenham drew. I don't know them. Something's wrong with the club. Um, City FC won. No. Um, other than that, that's it, really. Nothing else. Oh, I I tell you what, we've got to get you into. We've got to get you into baseball, um, Ham. Oh. The Brewers, the Brewers, in Milwaukee, Boston. No, you cannot support any Boston sports franchise. No, I, will, Boston I will actually kick you no, off. Red, no, Sox. Red Sox. I will kick you off the podcast if you support a Boston sports franchise. Boston, Boston with the Boston accent. <laughs> uh, but how good is that? Your team is named after a beer, <laughs> beer. <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee. Um, all right, on to you, forty. Um, unfortunately, you can see Hawks shut the bet against the Ravens on the weekend. Um, just didn't re- really badly coach. Russell Wilson had his first, you know, subpar game of the season. And unfortunately, if he's not playing an MVP, the team can't win because yeah, Pete Carroll beaten by the best running back in the. <laughs> yeah, he's he's phenomenal when it comes to running. Um, he there were some things in that game where it's just like only he could have done that. Um, and he just got away from like pressure right on him and made you know thirty yards down the field on his feet. Uh, of course, that's Lamar Jackson for those that are wondering who we're talking about. Uh, but I just thought that we played a bad game, and more than that, we also coached really badly that game. Um, we didn't spy Lamar Jackson much, which is always a huge risk if the pass rush isn't getting home. And um, on top of that, I thought Pete Carroll was getting far too conservative with some of his play calls. There was one critical moment where after the pick six um, on, on Wilson, we sort of had a chance to go forward fourth and three from midfield or just over midfield. And we ended up going for a field goal in the torrential rain and it missed. And then the the Ravens drove down the field and then scored on a fourth down. So that was a, a big turning point. So that was disappointing, but we're still five and two. Um, and, you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, on top of that, Australia suck in rugby union, but what's new? Um, <laughs> oh, isn't it because of um, Falau not being picked? Yeah. That's what I read on Twitter clearly, anyway. Clearly is what, what the issues of Australian for, um, rugby union, not like fundamental from the grassroots up. Just been a shit code. And from the, the head coach and the CEO not talking. Yeah, How just, does Raylene Castle get a good job? I I don't know. I, I didn't think she did a very good job at the, the dogs, but, you know. But she was with the Ferns for the netball, and all I've heard from them is bad words. And then at the Bulldogs, like, look at the position they're in now. And now in Australian rugby, look at the position they're in now. Yeah. It must I, be I'm because of, like, same as Todd Greenberg. Just because he used to do the Bulldogs, he just somehow got a job. 
Bortles, yeah. I have a great board at the moment, eh? <laughs> but um, aside from that, we've got some 2020 coming around the corner, so that'll be, you know, mindless fun, I suppose. But uh, any any other major sports we should be aware of? Because the I mean the baseball, the baseball World, World Series, Series, but it's the Astros again. I suppose the, the Nationals, Nationals Nationals is exciting. It's their first ever World Series. Um, um, lots of ums there. But yeah, that that's about it. Just going to keep riding out the NFL, and then like Bertie said, the NBA starts. So yeah, follow that stuff. All right, and him. I've had my say. Okay, yeah, you're you're jumping up and down. Rogers back at his best. Yeah, oh, you six know, touchdowns. The Packers definitely had a game on the weekend. One hundred and fifty-eight point three passer rating, over four hundred yeah. yards. Four hundred yards, like MVP of the of the of the year of the week at least. If he plays a few no, more like that, he'll get back into actual. Have to be in contention. For if he plays MVP. a couple more games like that, he'll be in actual MVP talk. Yes, but that was his first really good game of the season, and to call it really good is unfair. And that isn't Hamish. It was better than really good. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was fantastic, and it all came on a play. Um, yeah, what are you threw for like three, and then no, sorry, three for four, and then ran one in himself. Uh, so yeah, he was on fire, uh, which was good. And we've got uh, the um, Mahomesless Chiefs this coming week, so really hoping we can pull up another win and um, on to uh, you know only hopefully hopefully having one loss because uh, the. Um, Who's the other team? 49ers at this point. Um, they're yes. about to face some tough opposition. Well, they've had the easiest strength of schedule next to the Patriots, I think, so far. So we're going to, I think they're still obviously a very good team, but we're going to find out where, how legit they are because they actually start facing some real teams now. But their defense yes, looks real good. And and then unfortunately, the uh, the purple frauds uh, in our division <laughs> have actually started to stand up and stop fighting Kirk Cousins, themselves. Kirk Cousins won against a, a team for winning record. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, they weren't winning before they went in. It uh, was 2-2-1. Two, 2-2-1 two, two two, counts as a winning record in the NFL because uh, it's, yeah, win, it's win it percentage. Does, really? Yeah, I know. It's it's semantics, but he's the definition of mediocre, isn't he? He just happened to – yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he's your 15th or 16th best quarterback in yeah, the league. Yeah, he, he's going to replace Andy Dalton for the, the sort of the Dalton line, like the bare minimum to be a franchise QB that you don't move on from, but you will never win a title with. Um, but yeah, we've got to keep ahead in our division. So, uh, but the big plus in our favour, three and zero in the division so far. How good That's is that? huge. But like, yeah, both both our teams have the strongest divisions in the NFL. And meanwhile, the Patriots, who obviously you know the the team to beat, you look at that AFC East man, and the Bills, the only team that's remotely okay. But the Jets and the um, the Dolphins are just complete garbage. Um, I, I don't know if there's any Jets fans watching today, but that was something. Oh boy, yeah, brutal. Donald, if, I think if you, so, uh, Rogers saw, 158.3, and and I think Donald finished with 3.2 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he had like five passing yards or something like that. He got intercepted four times. Um, it was like literally one of the worst uh, historic QB games of all time, I think. MVP last week, of course. Yeah, exactly. He tore you guys to shreds for a week. I don't, I mean, I don't think Donald's a bad player. Just he, he was seeing ghosts out there and just well, was completely rattled. And then, of course, we've got the tough NFC South with the Saints um, being the tough team down there, and and their coach should, you know, he got he got a bloke that got injured so badly they thought they were going to have to amputate his leg. Um, how long ago was that now? Two years, Teddy. Yeah, was that eighteen months. He was, at, he was at training and just took a drop back, non-contact, and shredded everything in his knee, 
And it was so bad, like you said, they thought they might have to cut it off at one point. And then now he's 4-0 and since taking over for Drew Brees or something like that. No, incredible. Um, but yeah, get into the NFL. Uh, you only have to get up at 4 o'clock now. You don't have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. How does that? Um, yep, I think that about wraps us up. Oh, uh, the other thing is uh, it was good to see a, a piece of shit human being get disqualified from the UFC in Greg Hardy. Birdie can probably speak towards that since he played for his team. Uh, yeah, it'll... He's, he's an idiot. He doesn't know the rules. Like, <laughs> well, apparently, apparently he ran it by one of the the, suit, the suits there, and so they said it was okay at the time. But for those that don't know, he was in a UFC fight. In between rounds, he uh, inhaled from a, a medical puffer, which is a big no-no because it contains um, like steroids, like, because it's like an anti-allergen thing, steroids, and opens up your breathing puffs and makes it easier to recover between rounds. And he got disqualified. Yep, he had multiple multiple counts of domestic violence to his name. So yeah, absolute. Like, the filth. previous fight before that, um, got, the opponent was on his knees, and he literally needed to the head. He can't oh. do that, so he doesn't know the rules. And Dana White don't care because you know he. All right, well that'll wrap us up. So we'll be back in preseason, probably sometime in early Feb. Um, we'll be touching on the, the nines before that uh, kicks off. What about off. if we get a, a signing? Well, I think we can deal with that when we come back. Like, okay. do, do people really want a five-minute podcast about how we roster bait for a while? Uh, if, well, people, I'm surprised people listen to what we already have out. Maybe they do want the five-minute. If Reid Money has did, a man-to-match man match under-23's performance, maybe we have to um, shake our money makers a little bit for a five-minute podcast, right? Okay, so it'll be it'll be a five minute circle <laughs> rostervation. Send in your fan mail to Hamish at parapodcast.com.au. Uh, I, mean, I suppose if the, it'll go to the right. A new CEO, right if if these things happen, a new CEO, uh, a back row signing, and then uh, some Parramatta will shine in the international rounds um, coming up. Maybe might we might you know, drop something, but yeah. Aside from that, I imagine they have to think once we get you know some preseason stuff under our belt, we can reconvene. Sorry, I'm just looking at that that post you just put in social media. Who is that about? Mitchell Moses. <laughs> Can I read this out? Yeah. <laughs> not not speculation, just facts. He is top for try assist and has developed a kicking game like Adam, Adam Reynolds. Also, he has synthesised alpha maleism and metrosexualism triumphantly, <laughs> reminiscent of David Beckham at his zenith, the perfect template for modern masculinity. I should also credit Witty Fan, who identified so, this a long time to, to ago. right context for these uh, for people that don't use Legal Limited, that is Ram Raid, who was one of the lighter-hearted trolls there. And Witty Fan, who they reference, is a person who rates footballers based on how hot they are. So uh, they ref- Witty Fan being a reference to Michael Witt, I believe, who was a fairly good-looking young uh, young bloke back in the day. Spunk. Yep. And then um, Mitchell Moses is now their favourite player because he's got the dreamy good looks. <laughs> we'll wrap it up on the point of uh, Mitchell Moses' streamy good look, and we'll catch you on the uh, next Para podcast. But uh, have a safe holidays um, in case we don't get any. We don't have our five minute rosturbation before then, and um, we'll catch you in the new year probably. Cheers, have a good Christmas and New Year. That's it, boys. Enjoy it. Go Para. Go Para. <laughs> Oh,